Welcome to the Center in the City podcast. I'm your host, Wade Brill, and during this series, I'll be interviewing various thought leaders, wellness experts, and humans on how they practice sustainable self-care and mindfulness. We'll get real and raw, talk about the light and the shadow side of self-care and mindfulness, and how we can actually stay centered amid the chaos and the hustle and bustle of our modern day world. So settle in and get centered. This podcast episode is brought to you by Centered in the City, a virtual on-demand self-care and mindfulness platform with over a hundred different meditations, journaling prompts, nourishing recipes, and Pilates flows, all designed to support you feeling calm, focused, and energized as you live your life in this modern day world. For more information, head on over to centeredinthecity.org and claim your seven-day free trial. Notice how much better you will feel by having a consistent practice to support you staying centered. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Center in the City podcast. I am excited to have you all to myself today for this solo episode where I'm going to share three different strategies and ways to beat burnout. And when I say beat burnout, I like to emphasize it's really about being with burnout. So let's settle in and let's get centered. Burnout, this word has been a hot word for the past few years, especially when in 2019, the World Health Organization deemed burnout to be a syndrome resulting from chronic workplace stress that has not been successfully managed. And they say it's characterized by three dimensions, feeling of energy depletion or exhaustion, increased mental distance from one's jobs or cynicism, or reduced professional efficacy. Now that was the discussion of burnout back in 2019, and we all know that a shit ton has happened since then. And I've noticed from working with my clients one-on-one and with corporate clients around the topic of burnout, around building resiliency and strengthening people's mindfulness muscles, it's this balance of what is happening in our world, this constant news cycle, the immense just weight of grief and intensity that is happening in our external world as well as what's also happening in our internal worlds. Noticing that as individuals, especially millennials, have this mindset of high standards, of perfectionism, of achiever, and when both of the internal and external world is telling you to work harder, work faster, be more efficient, be productive, when it feels like we have ankle weights on us, because of the intense load, emotional load that we all have, whether we're conscious of it or not, it becomes really effing exhausting. I want to offer three different ways that we can play with beating burnout this summer, this season. I want to highlight that these approaches are all about what the individual can do to take personal responsibility for their own lives. There is definitely a bigger system of capitalism, of the hedonic treadmill of constantly needing more and more and more, as well as messages that we've been told 
by family members, by society, by our work cultures, that our worth is tied to our outcomes. And so all of these layers, and there's many, many more, really have fucked with what we feel is enough. There's this constant battle that's happening internally and externally of how can we enjoy life and at the same time feel like enough. Three ways. The first way that we get to practice being with burnout and beating burnout is one, we're going to start with our mindset. One of the biggest things that I see people shift into when they're experiencing burnout is a little bit of victim and more of just this apathy, this sense of complete exhaustion and checked out and like, eh, I don't care. And when that happens, we take ourselves out of the driver's seat of our own life and we put ourselves in the back seat or maybe even in the trunk. And we feel helpless. We feel that life is happening to us. And that might feel really true. You know, this constant news cycle that's this gut-wrenching, horrible acts of violence that are happening in our world on top of wars, on top of the pandemic. And then on top of that, This feeling like we are supposed to be somewhere, that there's this mountain we should be climbing, that there's this American dream of, you know, a picture-perfect house and white fence and family and, and dogs and stable income and 401k and retirement and all these things that we should be having and the security blanket that that is supposed to create for ourselves and so we're working 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 to establish that but in reality everything feels so uncertain it's kind of like ah why bother So that energy happens and it brings people into this feeling of I'm just going to sit in the back seat and see what happens. And so we detach, we numb out. And so I welcome you to practice beating burnout, being with this mindset shift by being really compassionate to yourself, right? That's always first and foremost to acknowledge your own feelings to accept them, to know that they're okay, that we don't need to shame ourselves more or make ourselves feel guilty for feeling what is present. So we get to take that moment to really acknowledge and hold and be with ourselves. And then we also get to say, I get to take charge of my life. I get to be in the driver's seat of my own life. And with this mindset shift, it allows us to then think in more possibilities. And it allows us to explore and examine what's working and what's not working. What needs to shift? What needs to stay the same? What do I want to alter? What do I need help with? What do I need right now? Getting curious, asking ourselves these questions putting ourselves back in the driver's seat of life allows us to create more of an environment and structure and conditioning that can be supportive for where we are in this world. And I'm not saying this is easy at all. This is big work. This is courageous work to look at yourself, to acknowledge where you are, to feel what you're feeling, 
explore, get curious, and then make some actual changes that are going to best support you. Because if we continue, or if you continue to stay in a cycle of living in the back seat, you'll continue to feed the cycle of not enough and letting life happen to you. And it kind of can dig a deeper ditch, a deeper hole. So being courageous to pause and really reflect and create that mindset shift of you are in charge of your own life. You are the driver and you can take your car wherever you want to go. And before you decide where you want to go, you need to know where you are. So you can create that map, that those directions to get to where you want to be going. The second practice of how we get to beat burnout and be with burnout is to play. It's a play. I see a lot of us, myself included, taking life so serious. And life is serious. Life is meant to be serious. Life is meant to be honored. It's sacred. It's precious. But when we hold life too tight and too serious, we squeeze out all of the juice and the fun. And then what's left, right? All of that busy work, all of the doingness that is supposed to get us somewhere. And so play, creating play in our life is so important. And I think as adults, we lose that ability to innately play. I was recently on a long weekend vacation with my extended family and my nieces and nephews. It was the first time we were, you know, having a sleepover for multiple nights in a row together in a really long time. And we got to play together. We played hide and seek an invisible person and it was so fun and so much joy. And it reminded me of how important play is using our imaginations, being creative, using our bodies. You lose all sense of time when you play. One of the things that I picked up more during the last few years of the pandemic was playing tennis. My husband is a big tennis player, and for years, when we first met back in 2012, uh, he got me to start playing tennis, and I was horrible. But during the pandemic, we went outside and played tennis and it was so much fun and I can feel myself and see myself getting better. And so yes, it has become a you know progress tracker as well as play. But just to do that, we get outside, we lose a sense of time, we're laughing, we're moving our body. It just brings so much joy and lightness to our days. And then I think about how else I play. Playing in the kitchen, like cooking for me, can sometimes be a form of play. When I try new recipes or recipe tests or decide to bake or want to try a creative new meal, all of those become play. I'm unattached to the outcome and just get excited about the ingredients and the idea of creating something. Hopefully something delicious and beautiful, but not attached to the times when cookies turn out really flat or when meals turn out really bland. It's just all an experience and an experiment. 
But play is this free joy filler. And when we're experiencing more joy, we're having more energy flow through our system, which can be really helpful in beating and being with burnout. When we add more joy into our life, it is filling our cup so we're not feeling depleted and like we're running on empty. One of the other patterns that I've noticed is that people are spending a lot of time working longer. There's a stat from the American Psychological Association that says 61% of remote workers are finding it hard to unplug. And remote workers are a lot of us right now. You might be starting to go into the office one or two days a week, but I would say a majority of people are still mostly working remote if they are able to in their jobs. And with that, it becomes hard to unplug. I've heard from a lot of participants in my workshops and of course my one-on-one clients talk about how they enjoy working or maybe even some people love their job and what happens is that the desire to work trumps hobbies or trumps time to play. And this could be happening for a variety of reasons. Like one, you know, people know that work is right there, right? There's no boundary line of needing to go into the office to do work anymore. So work is in their space all the time. Two, they might get positive reinforcement for working a lot. So that feeds the dopamine cycle in their brain. And three, they might feel a deep sense of need to work, need to prove themselves. If they don't work harder or longer, then somebody else might and that might push them out of the job market. And that kind of competitive scarcity mindset creates an inner impulse to keep going, to work harder, to work faster, which of course is contributing to this burnout cycle that we're talking about. So people are losing these places and spaces in their schedule to play, to enjoy their hobbies. And so they're not filling their cup up. They're not restoring or recharging in the same ways. The third way that we can beat burnout and be with burnout is to create more spaciousness. Uh, when I say the word spaciousness, doesn't that just like feel good? Uh, I notice like I exhale longer. I feel like my shoulders drop, my jaw softens, my heart and chest relax. Just enjoying this word spaciousness is so juicy. And I think a lot of people are craving more space, more space in their minds that we create and cultivate with mindfulness, more space and ease in the body, more space in our schedules, more space with our responses that we're not allowing our emotions to hijack us and get very reactive. But instead, there's a spaciousness to really choose our words and how we want to show up mindfully. Everything is feeling so crammed and tight, right? We've seen people throughout the few years in the pandemic try to look for bigger homes or apartments or expand their houses because they're spending so much time there. They're just feeling they need more space, right? More space to think, to breathe, to be, to play. And when the days are feeling very limited from, you know, sleep 
to wake up, to jump on the computer, to check your phone, to, you know, the very kind of robotic cycle that we can get into, it doesn't really feel like there's much space. And especially technology, our addiction to our phones, to social media, when we get pulled into that addictive social media loop, we can lose hours, minutes, like time to these devices, to these systems, right, that are intentionally designed to keep us intrigued. One of the things I love about Centered in the City and the platform that I've designed is that by creating a ritual for yourself, you are creating space for yourself. You are carving out intentional and sacred time to connect to yourself without distractions in a way that feels good for you, in a way that is nourishing and sustainable and joyful for your own life. It's not about me telling you what to do because that's not what will work. You know, I can I offer resources and inspiration and suggestions in the Center of the City platform, but I walk you through a process that helps you tap into your own wisdom to cultivate and create that ritual because that is what's going to be deeply nourishing. So our human minds are creating space, space to pause, space to breathe, space to be creative, space to enjoy nature, right? Space and time are kind of synonymous here. In my last podcast episode, I interviewed Jenny Blake around systems thinking in her new book, Free Time. And when we create systems, when we're using and leaning in technology, we are able to create more free time in our lives, theoretically. But are we using that time? And are we using that time in a spacious way, in a way that feels nourishing, that fills our cup? that allows us to feel deeply restored. And I know from working with my one-on-one clients that spaciousness can also feel scary and we can resist spaciousness. We can resist the idea of us having a weekend without plans. We can resist the idea of having an evening in with, without you know, making plans and being busy. Spaciousness can feel scary because when things aren't busy like we're used to and we're not getting constantly poked and pinged with notifications or people, we then slow down and slowing down can be scary because if we slow down some thoughts of, oh, will I ever want to speed back up? Will I fall behind? And if I slow down, then I'm actually going to hear and feel what's present. And if I hear and feel what's present, I don't know if I want that. I don't know if I want to hear and feel what's present. And so those become some of the inner blocks and barriers that the individual can kind of hijack and manipulate and self-sabotage to create more busyness, which then keeps us on this burnout treadmill where we're leading to exhaustion because it can be challenging for people to know how to rest. It can be challenging to rest and lean into the spaciousness, to not plan, to not have a sense of control, to lean into the uncertainty. 
And one of the ways that I like to be with uncertainty is to think of it as an adventure. Like what will unfold? We don't know. Each moment to moment is an unfolding. Now, if you're somebody who's listening and totally resonates with this idea of spaciousness and also notices this like, ah, feeling happen when you think about resting and relaxing and restoring your energy, I welcome you to remember that you have been conditioned by many people in your life and by society at large to be busy. That busy has been this badge of honor. And so if you can tap into your own worth without needing to be busy, that will unlock freedom for you. That will unlock the ability to have more space and permission to rest, to rest and deeply rest and be easeful in the unknowing. To be able to enjoy a book and not feel guilty about it. To be able just to lie on the couch and get bored. To have a day without plans and just notice in the moment what you need and want to do. These are all skills and practices. And when we create rituals, just circling back to rituals for a moment, because it is this gift of creating space space for ourselves to deeply connect. And when we can create contact with ourselves, I promise it's not as scary as the mind maybe says it's going to be. And you actually feel more of a sense of ease the more you're able to connect with self because you're deeply holding and meeting yourself, even if it's unpleasant. And take it from personal experience when (laughs) I was on my silent retreat. I spent a lot of time being with the suffering, being with the unpleasant. But that was the only way through. So spaciousness, creating more space can look like a lot of things. It can look like creating more intentional transitions between meetings in the morning before you start work after work, before you transition to your evening activities, before bed, like all of these transition moments throughout the day are an opportunity to create spaciousness. We can create spaciousness even in our conversations with people when we're not trying to multitask and do 10 things at once, when we're not looking at our phone while talking to somebody, while sending an email while listening to a podcast, right? Can we create spaciousness by limiting the inputs that are in our present moment experience? Can we focus on one thing at a time? Another way to create spaciousness is practicing saying no, not allowing the summer calendar to get completely filled up and your energy and time and attention completely squeezed out. Even if it's things that you love and bring you joy, just noticing how busy are you filling up your schedule. I talked about this in the latest Wait a Minute newsletter that you can sign up for at wadebrill.com. But it talked about, you know, being intentional, mindfully planning about what you want to say yes and no to. Because what we think we might want in the moment is not actually what we want. And so how can we honor 
ourselves. And practicing, you know, having a day, a week, weekend that has no plans. Being mindful about how many dinners out or evening plans you have with friends or loved ones. Where is there alone time for self? Where is there time to wind down and really restore? So just sinking in with those three different ways that we can practice to be with and beat burnout. Shifting our mindset to be in the driver's seat of our lives. Adding more intentional play and creating more spaciousness in our minds, in our bodies, in our schedules, in our breath. So many different ways to play with all of these. Welcome you to tune in and think about what do you need in this moment? Which of these strategies sounds the most supportive to practice right now? And when you practice it, pay attention to your energy and your relationship to burnout. Does it shift? Does it change? Let me know what you discover. If you have other strategies that you know support you beating burnout, I would love to hear and share them with the Center in the City community. So feel free to email at team at centeredinthecity.org. And if you are looking for more support in creating spaciousness, creating this time to connect with self this summer, then I welcome you to sign up for centeredinthecity.org and you can check out the platform for your seven-day free trial. And in those seven days, I help you go through the system, the centered system to build your ritual and practice. And that way you are having the sacred time and space for yourself to restore, to feel deeply connected, to feel more grounded, to feel empowered, and to really allow yourself to know that you're making intentional choices in your life. You are entering that driver's seat. So check it out at centeredinthecity.org. And until next time, stay centered.